ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. I am Dangerous Duke Duncan. And I'm your boy, Stevie Jobber. And welcome to the Dangerous Jobbers podcast, putting wrestling over one podcast at a time. All right, so first things first, obviously some sad news this week. We want to start. Uh, Former WWE wrestler Kamala passed away. Legendary. Yep, so we just want to take this moment out to say rest in peace to Kamala and... We offer our prayers and condolences to the friends and family of the legend. Yeah. All right. Um, moving on, guys. This is the first pod we're going to be starting uh, the wrestler of the podcast. Every podcast we do, and we're going to big up one independent wrestler. It can be from, you know, general indie promotions. It can be very underground. Whoever we find, whoever we like. Uh, I'm going to start it off this week. We're starting off with uh, a girl I've been following for a long time. Her name is Masha Slamovich. She's a Russian wrestler. Um, she's 22, I believe. She's just she's got a great look. She's good in ring talent. She's got an amazing super kick. Um, she's been the NCW Women's Champion. For those of you who don't know, don't follow. It's uh, the Nickel City Wrestling Promotion. Um, so go check her out, guys. We'll probably make a post about her whenever we upload the podcast. So, shout out to Masha Slamovich. Awesome wrestler. Very nice. And uh, just fair warning, this is when we do this, this is just going to be... Sometimes I might not know who he's going to mention. Sometimes he might not know who I'm going to mention. Right. But it gives us a perfect opportunity to learn about more underground wrestling, more indie wrestling, and we get to actually show each other hey, yo, this wrestler's good, or hey, this wrestler has some cool stuff, check them out, and we get to learn from each other doing that. Um, I want to start with AEW. Uh, for those of you who haven't seen, they debuted that new, I think it's a beautiful title, that new TNT title. What would you think of it? They finally fixed it. Um, well, not fixed it, finished it. I guess no, you, no you know what you meant. You meant I, to say they I fixed know, it. I, yeah. I mean, it looks great, though. It looks great. I like the gold. Looks the gold lot. really completes the title. I'm glad they got it finished. It looks great. Um, you know, when you first saw it, you you just, it, it didn't look great. It was like, that's and it. it's clearly, that's what it was missing. It was yeah. missing the gold. It was missing the extra details. Mm-hmm. And I like the way that they promoted it. I was a little sour that they presented it on social media before they presented it on the show. Yeah, that that's something I think you should say for, for the actual show. Because at least say that, hey, we have a new TNT title and we're going to debut it on the show. Yeah, I think they had a great they had a great moment to have a huge reveal, mm-hmm. and they kind of ruined it putting it on social media before they put it on the yeah, show. Yeah, it definitely did. You know what are you gonna do? Um, but and having said that, they also gave it a good first title defense, like for the new title. I mean, yeah, like him and Scorpio Cody and Scorpio Sky, they put together a great match. So that was probably, in my opinion, the best match of the night. It was a match I was waiting for last week when they had that uh, little altercation at the uh, at the stage where Scorpio Sky looked over the title. Mm-hmm. And what a what a perfect person for the first night that the title is finished. Scorpio Sky yes, is a great, 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 great wrestler in that ring. I don't mean to cut you off, but during before the match even started, I liked the little the little dig he did at them where he was like coming out to the ring. His music played. And he was like, "I'm kicking the door down." And he literally just kicked the door down. I, I got a good little pop out of that one. Yeah, it was really good. It was really good. It was a really good match. Scorpio Sky is a really good guy. Being in the three-man tag team match is very hard to find um, your spotlight. Mm-hmm. Um, and it usually doesn't happen until two out of the three are injured or what have yeah. you. But Scorpio Sky did a really good job in that match. And it's it shines more light on... The open challenge in general. Yeah. The, T- the TNT open challenge mm-hmm. is something to look forward to every week because Cody doesn't just pick guys that, um, well, he picks guys you know he's going to beat, yeah. but but he doesn't just pick someone who doesn't deserve it. Like everyone who's getting these open challenges is somebody that needs a spotlight mm-hmm. and is somebody that is that good to hang in the ring with him. Sometimes better. And almost, it's almost always a good match with someone that he picks for the open challenge or someone that accepts the open challenge. Yeah. It, it, really, it really is, and that's something that you don't really see a lot of nowadays when they do open challenges. Yeah, you definitely don't. 
I mean, since uh, and especially since AJ isn't doing it anymore, <laughs> but we'll touch on that later. Yeah, yeah, but I, again, great performance by Scorpio Sky. Mm-hmm. It was really cool to see. Uh, next up on the docket is uh, FTR. Uh, they attacked the Rock and Roll Express during their little segment on uh, on AEW this week. I found that pretty interesting. Like I. I thought it was pretty cool because before it all went down, you had Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard having their little sideways beef. Yeah, which was pretty, it was, it was cool. To see. Yeah, and then you had Rock and Roll Express giving huge praise to uh, the Young Bucks, mm-hmm. and Arn gave praise somewhere else. Tully gave them both praise, also mentioned that to be the best, you got to be the champions. Gave them both a little dig and said, neither one of you guys are champions right now. And very valid had, point. And then him and Arn had their little altercation. I like what Arn said. Arn was like, first of all, I'm a grown ass man. You don't have to talk to me like that." Very true. And then Arn seen Sean Spears coming out, and he was like, "I can oh, already yeah, see where yeah. this is going." So I'm out. So he dipped off before the attack, and it was actually pretty good. Tully had some balls in there, didn't he? Yeah, but um, my boy Arn stood his ground. <laughs> Double A stood his ground, man. You gotta give him that. It's just he seen the younger guy come out. And he was like, "Oh." Okay, time yeah, to go. Yeah, Somebody's setting me up. He's like, I know my place. Time to go. But you know what? Um, I'm waiting for Tully and Arn to reconcile the differences. Yeah. The the underlying tag team formation that we're all waiting for um, is probably going to start the moment that they reconcile whatever differences, mm-hmm. whatever kayfabe differences they have. Yeah. So I'm ready for that. Mm-hmm. Um. Part of me thought when Ty Dillinger or Sean Spears came out that maybe this was going to start it. Like it was, this was like going to be the beginning be of it. Like it was going to be a turn thing, but it clearly wasn't. Mm-hmm. And Tully ended up getting punched in the face, I believe. Somebody ended up getting punched in the face or almost uh, punched in the face. They, they they got into a little shoving thing and then the Rock and Roll Express. Right, right, right. Yeah, right, right. the Rock and Roll Express. They, they, they had to separate. They had to get separated and um, one of FTR's members went down. Like, they faked their uh, knee injury. And oh, yeah. They took the yeah, brace the off and then injury. that's when Rock and Roll Express got attacked. Right. Yeah, so, I mean, you never know. They could be building up to that. Like, Sean Spears didn't really get into any physical altercation this is true. So then FTR didn't really go after them. Mm-hmm. So that's two. Sean Spears is three. You just need number four. Yeah, we'll see how it shakes out. Yeah. Um, moving on to speaking on the FTR attacking them. Yeah, um, I know you wanted to talk about uh, MJF and Moxley. Yeah, I want to talk about MJF because I love MJF as yeah. a character. MJF, to me, is one of the greatest bad guys of this generation since AEW started, that's a that's that a hard a, take. But that, that, I mean, when you I mean, think it's not about a hard it, take. Don't get me wrong, but that's just a that's just a quick prediction right there. Oh man! Listen, guys, when you when you go back and watch MJF, when you watch this guy talk in that ring, when you mm-hmm. watch the things he does, he's he's so good at just being despicable. Yeah. It reminds me of eighties, um, nineties wrestlers or managers like classy Freddie Blassie, just just mm-hmm. obnoxiously rich people that didn't care at all what you thought mm-hmm. and totally believed all the hype they were making up about themselves. MJF is one of those guys to me. MJF is so good on the mic. He's so good physically just being a bad guy. Yeah. And to me, um, him campaigning to be the next world champion mm-hmm. um, and facing off against somebody like Moxley. It's like, it's like the million dollar man fighting Stone Cold. It makes like, <laughs> there's an ass whooping coming. There's saying, definitely yes. an ass whooping coming, but it's going to be fun. It's going to be very fun. And MJF on the mic, like Moxley doesn't even need to come out and talk every week. When you got somebody like MJF going out there and promoting himself the way that he does, by the time they get to the title match, you're just waiting for the ass whooping. Mm -hmm. Moxley doesn't have to say a word. Moxley could come out every week and just beat MJF's ass every week. Mm -hmm. And I would be so ready by the time it's the title match. Yeah, because MJF can 
Putting those two together for a title match works in a sense because Moxley, not the greatest talker. He's a good talker, don't get me wrong. Right. He's not the greatest talker by any stretch of the imagination. MJF, I'll agree with you. Right now, he definitely is probably one of the best talkers. And that's great for somebody who's 24 years old. To be 24 years old and actually be one of the greatest talkers, mm-hmm. that's amazing. There's guys that are 34 years old and can't talk. Hell, there's Very guys true. that are 44 and can't talk. Very true. So I, I actually like that pairing because what Moxley lacks in, MJF exceeds in, and when those two come together, I think their match is going to be amazing. And I think it comes to a line of, um, because you have to find something to do with MJF. Mm-hmm. And you have to find somebody Moxley can face. I think in this era, in the COVID era, I'm making that a thing. This is the second pod in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, in the COVID era, um, both promotions, any promotion really, is is trying to not to pull the trigger on their biggest guy yet. Mm-hmm. because I think everyone is still expecting this to blow over somehow. Yeah. So you don't want to give Moxley anyone too big. Mm-hmm. And when you don't have anything for MJF to do, you won't. You don't want the value, the stock of MJF to fall after um, rivalries like Cody Rhodes, mm-hmm. where he was so great at making the world hate him. Yeah. And... You soon didn't have anything after after that to do except have him fight Jurassic Express, which isn't bad. I mean, Jurassic Express is a good team, but yeah, I there's no point in it. You know what I mean? You have to find something for him to do, and you can't find you can't pull the trigger on anybody big for Moxley yet. And I don't think Moxley's big enough for you to pull the trigger on one of those big guys and us yeah. not expect him to get beat. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean. Moxley, Moxley's a guy that you can you can kind of throw him in there with anybody, and it's going to be scrappy. Whether he wins or loses, yeah, it's gonna he most of the time he's going to win just because of how cutthroat and aggressive that he is. Mm-hmm. They're actually letting him have a little bit more of that creative freedom where he can go to CZW John Moxley. Yeah, so he can actually do that stuff and be Moxley, but they also have to keep it in the realm of we're booking this as an entertainment factor and not just as, like, we're on TV. We have to not be like WWE in a sense, but still have that WWE-esque to yes. it you have to while still being a little more creative and being a little more outside the box with what we're doing. Yeah, and trying not to throw son of a bitch in everywhere. I've been noticing that with WWE program. We'll probably get to it later, but they've been saying bitch a lot to yeah. get over, and mm-hmm. it's... It's a thing. Um, before we move on, um, I just want to say that... Shit, what was I going to say? I don't know. What were you going to say? Don't you love being unedited um, and unfiltered? Yeah, welcome to the pod, guys. Um, before we move on, I was just going to say that... Shit, what was I going to say? I don't what know. What was were I gonna, you gonna we're going to edit all of this out. What was, <laughs> what was I going to say? Shit. Oh shit, what was I gonna say? Oh Um, before we move on, I just wanna say that um I was very disappointed that they let Jimmy Havoc go. Oh my god, yeah, I, I was sad about that too. I'm a very big fan of Jimmy Havoc. He is the personification of hardcore in this era. Mm-hmm. And I was very, very much hoping he would bring some kind of hardcore revolution to AEW, being alongside guys like Joey Janela and Darby Allen, and they let him go. Didn't even have anything for him. I don't think he got a storyline before he left. Mm-hmm. So just shout out to Jimmy Havoc. I hope he finds somewhere that'll use him. Go to ROH. I, I mean, they're they need continuing taping <laughs> soon. Um, all right. Quick shout out to ROH. They're going to start their TV tapings this week, so hopefully you guys can pick him up and actually do something with him, because you need talent. <laughs> Please. All right, moving on. All right, so we're going to jump into Impact. Uh, we don't have much on Impact, uh, but the one thing that I did take away from Impact and I enjoyed is what they've been doing with the Good Brothers. Um, Ace Austin and Madman Fulton have been picking on them in a way, not so much picking on them, but messing with them. Uh, they got Doc Gallows arrested because they planted those uh, 
beers in the car and broke into the car and stuff like that. Um, and then they jumped Carl Anderson backstage. Yeah, they they came back this week and they basically ripped apart everybody involved in that X Division title match. Mm. Uh, they ripped apart Suicide. They ripped apart the other two guys, and they're gonna they're gonna go at it at night one of their uh, next pay per view, which is coming in the couple the next couple weeks, I believe. Mm. Um, I think that's gonna be interesting because this is my first time getting to see Ace Austin a little bit. Since oh, I just okay. started tuning back in the impact myself, and right, right. I like the way he talks. He, I like the, I, his look is a little weird for me, but the way he talks and the way he acts makes me understand that he looks the way he looks, and it goes together. It's kind of like that, like that. He looks like a sleazy pimp in a way to me. <laughs> so I, I kind of dig the look. I dig the talk. I think he's, I think he's something to watch. Um, and I just love seeing the Good Brothers on TV because you know anywhere they go. It's gonna be magic. Yeah, they're just they're good. Um, they still gotta find what they're doing with everyone else new yeah. that they've acquired since Slammiversary. Mm-hmm. But you know, baby steps until they work it out. But yeah. good showing by the Good Brothers. Um, I'm gonna take the reins and move on to NXT because I really want to talk about the things that are gonna be happening in at uh, NXT 30. Take over thirty, the big three zero. Yes, yes. Um, Adam Cole delivered an amazing promo this week um, for the kicker. <laughs> the kicker. Hey, hey, he's a punter. Put, punter. Put some punter. respect he's a punter, on the punter's guys. name. Sorry, he's a punter. Yeah, Pat McAfee. For this, those of you guys punter, who don't know, Pat McAfee. It's where I'm a Colts fan, but I'm not. I just love Pat McAfee. <laughs> this this uh, this punter, Pat McAfee, is. Fighting Adam Cole at NXT TakeOver 30. And I'm really excited to see it. Not particularly because I think Pat McAfee is an amazing in-ring competitor. (laughs) But Adam Cole delivered an amazing promo. Adam Cole does what Adam Cole does. At this point, Adam Cole can do no wrong. Very true. Um, And he, he had a very short segment on the show, but it was impactful. And that's what it's supposed to be. You know what I mean? He came in. He put all those chips on the table. You want to step into my world? This isn't the NFL. You know, kicking me with my hands behind my back is nothing. You want to do it in the ring? I'll show you what it's about. And it was very short. It was very to the point. But it delivered a very, uh, a kind of intensity Mm -hmm. that just gets you ready for the match. I don't think it's going to be as great as promoted. But things with wrestlers versus celebrities are never quite as good as you would want it to be. Very true. Um but really good promo. Um, and the ladder match is shaping up to be very, very fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Shine going to Cameron Grimes. That I ain't gonna, I'm not gonna lie, that kind of that threw me off a little bit, but I can, I can understand what they're doing. They're kind of giving Cameron Grimes a little bit more shine. Mm-hmm. So it was still weird for me seeing him. Beat the Velveteen Dream, but yeah, I I can okay yeah. what they're doing with that. I think the era of guys we like is is slowly going away. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, they've got to try and move some new guys in there. Um, so Cameron Grimes, um, Damian Priest, which I like. I like Damian Priest. Yeah, I like Damian Priest. I liked him a little more when he first started, but mm-hmm. yeah, he's starting up. You know, he's got to find his way. Yeah, I just I didn't appreciate. I didn't like the gimmick change. The, yeah. the slight adjustments uh-huh. are very weird. Because I've seen, I seen his debut and I was like... Now it's like he's a vampire and I'm mm-hmm. just kind of like... Uh, but, I mean, it, it doesn't change the fact that he's a great wrestler. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, uh, hopefully he'll find some better footing than being, you know, the guy from the bloodbath party at the beginning of Blade. That's what it reminds me of. Every yeah. time I see it is I think the beginning of the Blade movie where all the... People are in there with the bloodbath. I, I haven't it's seen too weird. many Blade movies, but I know exactly what you're talking it's about. And if you could see my face right now, you could see the <laughs> smile that I'm trying to hold back the laughter. It's just weird. But Damien, you know, getting Damien Priest some light, getting Cameron Grimes some light, some guys that were not used to being um, in a major spotlight. Mm-hmm. Um, your boyfriend Balor, yeah. preying on whoever uh, comes out of that. I'm not understanding the multiple triple threat match. Um, yeah, yeah, 
I think that dynamic, I think, but I mean, I think the match just, at the end is going to be great. Yeah, I think that was kind of just them thinking on the fly in a yeah. sense because of what happened. Yeah, with yeah. um, Dexter Loomis. Yeah. So I think that's basically what it is. It's just them thinking on the fly, and that's what they came up with. So. Yeah, but you know it is what it is. Um, the the end result will be better, mm-hmm. which is what matters. And Dream was taking a lot of bumps during the triple threat match. Yes, yeah. I don't know why they wouldn't let him get ahead, but, you know. But I, I've noticed that with Dream. I think maybe it's because he's so young. Mm-hmm. He's he's one to take a lot of bumps. Like, yeah. even when they had the uh, the very first North American uh, title ladder match. Yeah, yeah. He was taking a lot of bumps out there. He really was. Him and, um, who was it, Adam Cole? Cole was taking a lot. Yeah, they were taking a lot of bumps. So, but I think it works in in Dream's favor almost for his character, mm-hmm. since his uh, since his that? wrestling since since his wrestling ability isn't quite as on par as some of the other guys he's in the ring with. Yeah. He has to do a lot of character work and a lot of bump to keep up with him. Mm-hmm. And you know, but you do what you can, but. Um, still a great performer, still a great character. Um, Mercedes Martinez, oh, I wanted is, to talk about. This is your girl right here. So, following Shayna Baszler in the Indies, Shayna Baszler, uh, Nicole Savoy, and Mercedes Martinez were a dangerous three woman faction. And Mercedes Martinez has taught and trained a lot of women. Mercedes Martinez is finally getting used, finally getting some good TV time against Rhea Ripley, former NXT Women's Champion, no less, which is great to see. Mm -hmm. I just want to shout out Mercedes Martinez because it's great to finally see her getting used on TV. I know know you're a big fan of Mercedes Martinez, so it's good to see uh, somebody that you approve of actually getting some shine for once. Finally. (laughs) All right, so now we're going to jump into the WWE portion. Uh, we're going to start with Retribution this week. And for me, it feels like Retribution is being shown more. Not, I don't want to say shown more. That's a bad way of putting it. It seems like they're being better on SmackDown than they are on Raw, if that makes sense. Because this past week, you had you had them on Raw. They didn't really... For me, the only exciting thing they did on Raw was they jumped in front of... Oh, no, they didn't jump in front of anything. They uh, they took the cinder block and they threw the cinder block through a window. And that was their exciting thing. Uh, and then you show them on SmackDown, and they're actually they're actually whooping some ass on SmackDown. Like, opening the show, they come out, they attack Big E, they attack John Morrison. And in the end of the night, they do the light flickering thing again, mm. have the whole locker room come out, stand ringside, mm. and then the camera pans backstage, and they're just kicking the referees' asses backstage. So I'm like, oh, they're attacking referees now. Okay, I'm with this. I like this. And then I didn't like that they were chasing uh, the chick that does the interviews. I'm blanking on her name, and I feel like... Uh, are you talking about Charlie? No, not Charlie. The other one. I know her last name's Braxton, but um, they were chasing her, and I was like, don't chase her. She didn't do nothing to nobody. <laughs> I felt bad for her. I felt bad for her and the guy that was sitting on the toilet. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they literally just yeah, opened the bathroom door... He's just sitting in there like, what's going on? I seen somebody put a meme out that said, wow, Joseph Park was on TV twice this week. <laughs> he was in the ring with AJ and he was sitting on a toilet. But um, I like that they actually, they're making him do different things now. Now instead of just beating up the two guys in the ring, right. throwing cinder blocks through windows, they're right. attacking referees too. And I really like the fact that they didn't attack the female referee. I was like, okay, they left one. And they left our favorite one. You know what? Quick take. Do you think they know who's in Retribution yet? I think they're starting to know more Seeing after seeing what I've seen this week. Because on SmackDown, to me, it looked like there was more than five people backstage beating up the refs. Mm-hmm. Like, when I watched the video back, I counted at least seven people. And, yeah. and they look taller. Some of them look taller. Some of them yeah, still look shorter. Right. So I think they're still trying to figure out who's in Retribution. Mm-hmm. But... I've seen the rumors and like what people are saying. Like they think it's this person. They think it's uh, Vanessa Bourne, Dijakovic, Chiampa, and those are like the three main names. I pray that it's not Chiampa. And I pray that it's not Dijakovic. But I don't think either one of them fit the bill. But I'm starting to think right. Dijak is 
one of them, even though I don't want Dijak to be one of them. That would be really bad. For Dijak, yeah. And for Chiampa. And Chiampa for their backlash, you know. <laughs> yeah, like, those were guys that... You know how dumb were... it would be to have them all be five feet, and then suddenly at the reveal, you have a six-foot guy there. You, you, you have a guy that's That just was seven. never there before. Yeah, right? like, hold on. <laughs> Someone took a mushroom from uh, Super You're Mario. You're going to lie to me and tell me the guy that was 5'2 is now 6? <laughs> and I actually had to look that up just to make sure. I was like, no, they're saying Dijak's in the group. This can't be right. How tall is Dijak? And then I looked it up. They said Dijak was 6'7". I was like, yes, yeah, he's yeah. safe. And then uh, we can jump over to uh, Fight Club. Yes. This week was actually a little bit better than last week mm-hmm. because we, we kind of knew what we were expecting going in, and it was still the same old Fight Club. But... Um, it First seemed this Fight week Club, that it was centered around two people. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to pretend like I didn't hear that. <laughs> but it seems like this week it was centered around two people. Damakeda dominated. For those of you guys who don't know, Damakeda is the big guy that's basically just slamming everybody. Mm-hmm. And then you um, have... I'll let you take who's, who's Who's uh, Jake the Snake's guy on AEW? Uh, what's his name again? Um... Oh, I'm, I'm blanking on it. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm we can't remember his name right now, but he looks like that guy on steroids. Yeah, yeah, I, I and I'm mad because I know exactly who you're talking about. I know I, his I'm face, blanking on his name, guys. but I'm blanking on his name. Whoever <laughs> hears it, if you you know, I'll, we'll send out snippets of the pod. If you guys know, let you know, let us know in the comments. We're, we're blanking on his name right now, but. He does, he he looks does like, remind me of that guy. He looks like Jake the Snake's guy on steroids. Mm-hmm. He really does. Um, um, and then, yeah, so Damakeda and Shayna Baszler, they were really the only two big people that were showcased. And I'm starting to think that Raw Underground Fight Club mm-hmm. is... Um, I'm starting to think that that's a showcase for the people that they like that they don't know what to do with or haven't worked on the microphone yet. Mm-hmm. Because Damakeda was showcased last week, and he was showcased this week. Mm-hmm. And Damakeda has a look that he can be a dominant guy in the WWE. He can be a solid big man. But it's just, I think Raw Underground at this point is just mainly for people they don't know what to do with. It's a really good vehicle for their um, their big and bad guys mm-hmm. that they have nothing for. Yeah. Which is fine. I mean, I guess you can do the segment every week until you find a way to debut on. You know what I mean? You got to find space for all these people. And I was talking to somebody about this recently with um, with all the new signings and purchases that we'll touch on next pod. Mm-hmm. Um, where do you fit all these guys? Yeah. And- so with a segment like this where you can just have pretty much anyone just go out there and either job or yeah. knock somebody out. It's it's a vehicle for the guys that don't have really big names that you don't know what to do with. It's kind of like for me, it's kind of like a way you can see dark matches on TV. That that's, that's kind of what it feels like because it. they usually have dark matches for guys that they're grooming or guys that are coming back from injury or guys that are just you know are lost in the shuffle. Mm-hmm. And Raw Underground kind of seems like a new way for them to have dark matches without actually having dark matches. Mm-hmm. So I. I mean, for right now, it's it was better this week than it was last week, but it's still going to need some catching on and a feeling out process in order for us to fully decide if we are for it or against it. And I think it's a good vehicle for guys that are just angry about what happened on them, what happened to them um, the week before to just blow off steam like yeah. Shayna Baszler did. You know, just people that are just angry for the moment to just come in there and yeah. whoop some ass yeah, real get, quick. Get, get out that frustration. You know what I mean? So that's not a bad thing either. If you don't have anything written to further their storyline, mm-hmm. but you still want to show them. It's like, I got screwed last week, so I'm coming here to whoop some ass. Yeah, you know true. what I mean? So, I mean, I, originally, it was very confusing. Oh, but I'm starting to see... The benefit of it. This yeah, way. yeah. It, it definitely has a benefit to it now. It's just, it's going to take the time for it to gain its traction. Like, it did It did better this week than it did last week, so it gets bonus points for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so next we're going to jump into Braun and The Fiend. Uh, I was a little thrown off by Braun's look this week. I'm not going to lie. I seen him come out to the ring, and he looked like... I don't even know how to describe it. It looked like Dr. Evil 
Looked bald. Yeah, <laughs> it, looked, it looked like Dr. Evil and Tommaso Ciampa had a kid that just happened to grow to be seven feet tall. Like he he didn't look like the mon- he didn't look like the monster that nightmares are made of. He looked like the monster that wanted one hundred billion dollars. Do you think they do you think they called for him to cut his hair? I don't know. Or do you think he was just like you know, I mean it wasn't a terrible it wasn't a terrible look on Braun. It was just a look we weren't expecting. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I don't know if they called for him to cut his hair. I think he wanted to cut his hair, and they had to figure out a way to work it into a storyline and right. his character. Right, this is, that's what we have to do now. You yeah, know, so we can't just get haircuts. Yeah, you can't. You, you can't just go full Doctor Evil on us out of nowhere. Yeah. Kind of like I, I mean. Then the hair versus hair match was taken. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You got to talk about the hair versus hair something. match. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no. When they can't really do a hair versus hair match with Braun, I mean, yeah. Fiend ain't cutting them locks. No, no way. <laughs> you know, Ooh, but uh, can you imagine bald Fiend? And that's actually that's actually a pretty perfect segue that you just made there into a hair versus hair match. Um, so what are your thoughts on a hair versus hair match? Oh yeah, small segment hair versus hair match. Um, I think I want to see uh, Mandy Rose bald more than most people, <laughs> but I doubt that it'll happen. Yeah, no, nah, I don't think it'll happen. I do appreciate Sonya Deville's push and yeah, her creative control. Because you know, I called for that when Fire and Desire first started. Yeah, like I was, I was more of a, uh, I was more of a Sonya Deville person than I was a Mandy Rose person. But I think both of them getting a push right now is good because they're putting their time in. They're showing that hey, we can actually work good. People can get behind us for different reasons, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. putting them together, like, well, not together, but against each other, it actually works because you have. It worked as a tag team because you had polar opposites coming together. Right. And now you have the polar opposites going against each other. So it's going to make for entertaining TV. And I think it's pretty cool we got a hair versus hair match back. Yeah, it's been so long. It's yeah. been so long since okay. we had a good hair What was the last hair, hair versus hair match that you can think of? I think it was, uh, I think it was Punk. I think it was a Punk? It was Punk. Yeah. Punk did have his hair shaved. Yeah, I think yeah. Punk was the last hair versus hair match. Yeah. I was thinking about um I was thinking about Kurt and I was thinking Kurt about Ash. Molly Holly. Yeah. But I think you're right. The last one was Yeah, punk. I think the last one to get his uh Yeah, I th- I think start wearing masks. It, yeah, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was Punk versus Mysterio and a hair versus mask match. Mask match, match yes. I remember that. And cuz Big Show was the one to take the mask off of him on the ladder and they said CM Punk looked like a baby. Like a baby with a beard. <laughs> and he said Big Show just looked like that one that one dad going and smiling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I'm interested in that hair versus hair match. Uh, okay. I really am. And then okay. next we got what I think and what you probably think is the best storyline happening right now. Dominic Mysterio and Seth Rollins. They signed their contract. They made their match official. Mm-hmm. Dom's an official WWE superstar. Well, put quotations official. around that because we don't really know if it's official. K-fabe official, officially. Yeah, but uh, he's an official WWE superstar now, and his first match is against Seth Rollins, and it's a street fight. And it's a street fight. I'm excited. I'm I, excited. I, I'm excited. I'm excited. I, I very much am. I kind of figure there's going to be a couple interferences in that match, whether it's Murphy, Ray. Whether AOP comes back to help him out as like a sneak thing. Oh, that would suck. But I think if that was to happen, then you got Alistair and Umberto coming out. Very true. I count on Alistair coming back out. Oh, yeah. Um, what what they're doing to Alistair right now is a shame. I love yeah. Alistair. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So I, many guys have just been. Just been tossed not aside. Great. Tossed like a fart in the wind. But this is the best storyline in wrestling today. I'm it really so is. ready. To see Dominic go in there and try and fight Seth. In a street fight, nonetheless. Like, a street fight with Seth Rollins. It warms my heart. It really does. It's so... I smile every time. Yeah, like, if you you can see his face right now, he's got a smile from ear to ear talking about this. The ass whooping. I want Dominic to lay on this man. Oh, my God. I will tell you this, though. Especially after the Kendo stick beating. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh Just gruesome, man. Yes, very much so. Very very hard to watch. I'm not going to lie. There's one thing that I want to see in that match since I know it's a street fight. And 
and, and it's not even it doesn't have anything to do with Ray in a sense. Mm-hmm. I want to see Dominic lay Seth on a table, go to a top rope, and just hit a frog splash for Uncle Eddie. <laughs> I really do like because when just you think one. when you think about it, Dom's first time like on a pay per view, yeah, was SummerSlam fifteen years ago, mm-hmm. and it's come full circle. It's been fifteen years. This kid has grown now. He's wrestling. I think a perfect homage to where you were the first time you were on a pay per view. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah. Like I was, I was a huge fan of that of yeah. that Eddie Guerrero, like the the I'm your poppy was, Eddie Guerrero. Yeah, yeah. So I think if he should, I think if he was to hit a frog splash on Seth through a table, I would pop. I would, I would get a absolutely. Huge, I would, I would mark absolutely. out. I think the one. world would pop with you. I would be like, that's oh. a great spot. I would be like the prodigal son has returned. <laughs> I think it'd be a great spot. I'm I'm so excited. I really am. I, so I think that match is gonna steal oh SummerSlam. Someone's very first match in WWE. I wonder what his attire is gonna be. Uh, or if he's yeah. just gonna come out in street fight. That, I, I actually wonder that too. But I would. I've been wondering like what Dom's attire looks like. All right. So do you think? I don't. Do because you think he dresses like Ray, or do you think he goes the Moxley route? I'm wondering. See, here's my thing. <laughs> I don't know that I want to see Dom in tights. Yeah, no, no, no. I don't. I feel like it would be so Well, if, if it's the tights that are like the long tights. Yeah. Okay. But I feel like I don't want to see, I don't want to see Dom dressed as Moxley or like coming out. In right. Like, like Randy Orton, CM Punk. I don't want to see him coming out. I recommend like he does what his dad did when his dad first got here and mm-hmm. wear like the long pants or whatever the long pants that weren't overly baggy but yeah. they still had that yeah like, yeah like the relaxed fit to them yeah i'm not ready to see dom in tights i feel like it'd be awkward yeah yeah but that's besides the point the match is gonna be great mm-hmm. and hopefully dom goes in there and whips his ass yes yeah. after that kendo stick beating oh my mm-hmm. god I've never wanted someone to get their ass with more. Like, right. the beating that's following this is ridiculous. All right, so speaking of ass whoopings and ass whoopings that we want to see. Yes. We got a match that happened a few years back, mm-hmm. but it's finally going to happen in WWE. Yes. AJ and Jeff Hardy. Right. We don't talk about that time. Any time in... Any time in, in in TNA, TNA doesn't exist anymore. Oh yeah, TNA's no. not hey, a thing. I didn't say anything about TNA. I this, just said it happened. That back. this has never happened before. What is TNA? This is the first time ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but it happened a few years back. Um, I think the very first time they met up. Um, I want to see if my memory serves me right. Uh, the it was like 2003. I don't remember the name of the pay per view, but it was for the X Division title. Mm-hmm. And. Mm-hmm. You know what's funny? I had the DVD, so I probably know exactly uh, what you're talking about. So. No, but I just this is just me going off the top of my head. I, I don't even. I think it was Bound for Glory, mm-hmm. Bound for Glory, the very first uh, or the second Bound for Glory, I should say, 2003. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when Jeff made his debut as the surprise opponent. So I think that was their first match. So. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. I love that theme song. Yeah. Uh, but to see Jeff come out. And actually challenge AJ and know that the match is going to happen. It's exciting because Jeff's actually getting a push. And they're showing that Jeff's cleaned up. Jeff's, you know, done his things in the past. And he's doing better. And this is kind of like their way of, all right, you're doing good. You remember what happens when you do good. You do good by the company. We're going to do good by you. We know this is your last run in a sense. So, yeah. Here you go. We're showing you that we fully trust you to lead us for the time that you're here. And I think it's going to be amazing. Whether he wins the IC title again, I don't know. But it just shows that they're putting faith in him. Are you more excited about the match or that they stop the Sheamus view? Um, Both. I'm, I'm equally excited about both because that Sheamus feud... That feud got to me for a number of different reasons. Um, I didn't like. I didn't like the fact that they brought the alcohol into a feud. Yeah. Like to mention it a little bit, okay. It's kind of like with um, with Punk, like when he had that feud with Punk mm-hmm. before he left WWE. Like they they mentioned it here and there. They didn't overly do it. Mm-hmm. With the Sheamus feud, it felt like they were forcing it. 
Yeah, and it worked more with the punk thing. Yeah, Their it dynamics worked. Dynamics just worked. Yeah, um, it worked more in a sense because it worked more back then because punk was straight edge, mm-hmm. and Jeff had the party lifestyle to him, and the opposites the opposite thing worked. Mm-hmm. I feel like it didn't work so much for Seamus because Jeff had that history. Seamus is an Irishman. Also, he said multiple times in interviews. He's a beer drinker. He likes to have a few drinks here and there. So it just felt like it, it would have been, you know what? It would have been better if they took an angle like, um, you think you're better than me because you don't drink anymore. Mm-hmm. Rather than framing someone for being a drunk. And like, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? it, it, it just, it didn't work. Mm-hmm. It was very forced. I feel like if, if there was a, t- I feel like if there was someone to do that type of feud with the, uh, you have a history of, you know, drug abuse alcohol abuse, stuff like that. If there was someone in WWE right now that could have actually made that feud work, it would have been AJ. Oh, yeah. That would have been the perfect person to deal with because AJ's good on the mic. AJ can talk. And AJ is one to not be in that lifestyle. You figure AJ was born on a military base. AJ is a Christian. Mm -hmm. So, and he's... he's Especially somebody to point out terrible things that are not true. Yeah, like... Coming off the heels of uh, calling out Taker's wife and <laughs> all that good stuff. It yeah, so it would have worked. Like, yeah. it really would have. Like, all right, you're coming at The Undertaker, you're doing all that stuff. Maybe they should have held it off until this. <laughs> Regardless, yeah, no, great I, way to segment back to AJ versus Jeff. Yeah, I think that would have been the perfect person to do it with. But I think that match is going to be great. Um, I see a Styles Clash somewhere in there. Yeah, I do see a Styles Clash in there. Um, I want. I just... I think it's going to be great because they both, they're both they both high flyers. You're going to see them both take those high risks. Mm-hmm. Like whether he goes for a phenomenal form and it gets knocked into a twist of fate or... That'd be a great spot. He does the whisper in the wind somewhere crazy like that. I think I think it'll be good. I think yeah, I think, they'll, I think they'll bring out the best in each other because I think they know mm-hmm. um, from the people that saw them in Impact yeah. that, you know what I mean, we're expecting a show. Yeah, and they've they've worked together before, so Yeah, there's a familiarity there. They have they have some type of knowledge of what they can do with one another. So it should be good. Yeah. Um and also we want to talk about this uh Randy Orton Drew McIntyre thing. Uh for those of you guys who didn't see last week, uh Randy Orton and Ric Flair went out to the ring to cut a promo at the end of the night and Orton kinda just Said fuck you, Rick, and low blowed him. Yeah, he he called him, he called him a liability. Yeah, um, because uh, Rick talked Kevin Owens into taking this fight with Randy, and Randy did mm-hmm. it. You know, because he's Randy. Um, and you know, it's it it's funny because at somewhere in this promo, mm-hmm. if you watch it, something goes wrong here. Like something like something wasn't following script for yeah. me. At some point, because it started well with Randy being like, I can't be mad at you because you're this and you're this and you're this and you're that. And then he goes, like, I can't respect you anymore yeah, because you're a liability to me, mm-hmm. which is a total psychopath thought. <laughs> but That's the mindset he's in right now. But, you know, the voices, there's so many of them. <laughs> so... Um, I thought that was good. I thought Rick's reply went on a little too long. Like, maybe Rick forgot part of the script and no, where it was going. I honestly... I don't mean to cut you off, but I felt like when Rick was talking, I felt like Rick was being probably the most sincere. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like he cut wrestling out when he was just talking to him in that moment. And I felt mm-hmm. like he was talking to him as a person. Mm-hmm. Because he mentioned the fact that he was in the hospital and he had that heart attack and he was in the coma. Mm-hmm. And whether it was true or not, when he woke up, he said one of the first things he said was, where's Randy? I felt that that kind of hit me in the heartstrings a little bit. It showed me that Rick is, what, 73, 74 years old. Yeah. That man can still freaking talk on a microphone. Very true. Like, and I, I, it made me realize that Rick, man, that dude really was and probably still is the greatest talker of all time. I think he's still got a lot to offer. Mm-hmm. Um. Which is probably why they stuck him with Randy. Yeah. One thing Ric Flair will never not be able to do is talk. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think Rick can be ninety five years old and be like Stephen Hawking, and he'll still be <laughs> and he'll still be able to talk. Like he'll yeah. still be able to type, and it'll still come out great. Yeah. 
So, I mean, but then it, I felt like it went a little off the rails, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, by the end of it, it, they accomplished what they needed to accomplish. Yeah. Yeah. You felt like the ending was always going to happen. Randy was always going to low blow him. And Eventually, he was going to kill off Rick. Yeah. It, it was just bound to happen. Now, do you think Randy's doing this with Rick as a ploy to mess with McIntyre's head a little bit and win the title? I did not think about that. That is a great idea, though. I, I think that's what's happening. That is a great idea. I do think that's what's happening. I think Rick is going to make his way out to... Uh, if I can offer my prediction on that match, I think... SummerSlam, they're going to fight. Rick's going to come out to the ring either mid-match or end of the match and pretend like he's there for McIntyre. Mm-hmm. Rick's going to do some dirtiest player in the game stuff and get Orton the title, mm-hmm. get Orton to 14 in time with Triple H. I, I like the idea. I don't want to see Orton pass Triple H, but, I mean, if somebody can, it's be, obviously going to be Orton. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know that I necessarily want to see Randy break Triple H's record. Mm-hmm. Triple H is one of my all-time favorite wrestlers ever. I think he's God's gift to wrestling. So I'm totally biased on anything Triple H. And Randy's one of mine. Randy is one of my favorite wrestlers, and I still don't want That's to see true. him. That's true. I still don't want to you see him You picked him to win a Royal Rumble. Nobody yeah, I picked him, him to win that Royal Rumble. Nobody ever predicted him to win. And I'm just saying, when it comes to Royal Rumbles, man, I'm pretty good at predicting who the, who the winner is. Whenever we get around to that, but um, <laughs> I'll offer my predictions. But um, good stuff. I don't. I don't expect Randy to to win. It's, I mean, it is SummerSlam, but I don't know. I think if there's, there's still... anywhere he shows up. He shows up at SummerSlam. Yeah. <laughs> I I wasn't opposed to him breaking John's record. Uh, yeah. but, but that, that <laughs> which is which is not went. the same, but but you know that um, time came and went. Man, I think man. it's gonna be a great match. I don't think Randy's gonna win. Um, I think they just need a really big name for SummerSlam, and mm-hmm. Randy couldn't work with Edge anymore, so you know they had to keep his hype up. So they threw yeah. him in with Drew, which is perfectly fine. You know what? I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't. I don't know how long Edge is gonna be out. I wouldn't mind Edge showing up. At the end of the match to take out Randy. No, I wouldn't mind that at all. I think Edge, I think he's going to be out for a while because he has the, um, if I'm, yeah, if I'm not mistaken, it was a torn peck or something. And we've seen people come back from torn pecs. I think that's yeah. what happened to, uh, what happened to Cena all yeah, those years Yeah, when back. he ruined my dreams that one year coming yeah. back at the Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. And he's oh, supposed yeah, to be gone for like seven H, yeah. fucking months. He was supposed to be gone for... Close to a year, and he, I think he was oh gone God. for like half a year. Comes back at the Rumble and shatters my dreams. Mm-hmm. Son of a bitch. I remember that too. Son. The final four God in that Rumble you. were uh, were John, Triple H, uh, Michaels, and Batista. Those were the final four yeah, in that I, Rumble. I think I was counting up the rest of the roster, and I was <laughs> like, Triple H is shooing. It's a wrap. He's the only one here. You never know, Carlito. It doesn't matter who Carlito dirty is. <laughs> Doesn't even matter who 30 is. And here comes John He's smiling. Like, oh, man. Yeah, Big like, match fuck John. me, man. Gotta love Big Match John, right? That's why we booed him that first year. He was he was. Shout out to Reckless Pops, too, because I know he loves John Cena. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, you know. All right, so that's pretty much everything we got for you, for you today, guys. Um, We do want to touch on one thing, and that is a bold SummerSlam prediction. Yes. I'm going to let Stevie go first and tell me what his bold so, SummerSlam prediction is. My bold prediction, looking at the card, um, hate me if you want to, my bold prediction is Oscar wins no titles at SummerSlam. I don't see it. Um, it's a very bold prediction because it's two. It's both the titles. Like it, you know, you would think you're gonna win one. I don't think she wins either, just because I don't know that the company is ready for Oscar to really hold the belt. I felt like if they were ready for it, they would have let her keep the championship after Becky left the first mm-hmm. time. The fact that all the titles are on two women. <laughs> just, that just, tells just you how much proves faith. to me they have no faith in anyone. That just tells you how much so, faith they have right now. I don't think for a second Oscar wins either title. I think they find a way to screw out of both of them. Mm-hmm. But that's just me. 
Okay. Uh, that's not a that's not a bad prediction at all. Um, my bold prediction for SummerSlam is that three or more titles are gonna change hands. I don't know which titles they are. Whether it's the Universal WWE, the Women's Titles, the Intercontinental. I feel like three or more titles. It just looks hands. right for the picking. It it just looks right because. In my in my prediction, I got the tag team titles changing hands because I think the Street Profits have had enough time. Mm. Um, they were great champions. They have been, but they've been working with that Andrade and Angel Garza project. Who project. are really good. They're yeah. two really good guys. They've been working with that project a little too much, so I think now is the time they're going to do it. They do need some payoff. Um, I feel like one of those women's titles are going to change. I don't know why. But I feel like one of them are going to change because why would you put her in two title matches? If, if anything, it might be Sasha. I don't think um, Bailey's tattoo—not tattoo. I don't think Bailey's uh, hair has grown back since she's gotten Bailey dose straps yeah. in her head. So I, I don't. I don't think she loses. It would really add some irrelevance to that to that uh, haircut. <laughs> yeah, she she goes full Karen and then goes back to being a baby face. <laughs> um, but yeah, I feel like one of the women's titles are going to change hands and then you got uh you got the drew match i feel like drew's gonna lose to randy mm. so that's the third title right there and then i feel like they're gonna push the ic title match over to SummerSlam. Mm. you got the u.s title match and then you got the universal title match oh, that's true. so yeah. I, f- I feel like somewhere in there yeah at three least three titles are gonna change hands maybe more i can see it maybe four i don't know they could throw a swerve in there and everybody Loses the mm-hmm. title. I don't see that happening by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. But I feel comfortable saying at least three or more titles are going to change hands. Mm-hmm. And we'll probably come back to these after uh, SummerSlam to tell you if we were right or not. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I'm I'm going to be very obnoxious if it turns out Asuka lost both of her title matches. <laughs> it's not going to be fun. But... <laughs> All right, I think that's everything for this pod. Um, again, thank you guys for coming out and supporting everyone thank that's you watching on much. YouTube, um, the people that are listening on Spotify and all the other apps. Mm-hmm. And if you guys don't, if you guys haven't subscribed to us on YouTube, please do. What are you waiting for? Go check us out on YouTube at Dangerous Jobbers. Check us out on Instagram at Dangerous Jobbers. Mm-hmm. Um, Twitter as well, Dangerous Jobbers. Everything's the same. Um, you got anything else you want to add in? Um, nope. Just thank you guys. Go follow, subscribe. Shout out to Reckless Pops. Yep, shout out to Reckless Pops as well. Definitely. And stay tuned, man. Definitely. Thank you guys so much for jumping on board. Stay dangerous. Love y'all.